You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Well, not Lars. Lars taking a couple of days off and we get ready to head into the football season. In fact, that's what's happening today in the state of Alabama. So anyway, welcome to the show. Matt Coulter, along with our good buddy Justin Jones, is going to join us here, co-host. I've got a good lineup of guests. We all know Mick Gillespie. He'll be joining us in the second hour. But uh, first hour, uh, we'll talk some college football with Watson Brown, uh, the former UAB coach. Uh, who took that program to uh, better heights, got them to a bowl game. Um, I got to know Watson as one of their radio broadcasters very, very well. He's a very good man, and uh, we'll talk about everything from NIL to Trent Dilford. So that's coming up on the show. In the meantime, and I know they're, they're in shells. They're not in full pads, Justin, but I walked outside just a minute ago, and I thought, man... How did we do that back in the day? I played a little bit of high school football, not much. I was more of a baseball guy. But uh, I do remember how absolutely brutal practices were in August. And that hasn't changed. My body's changed, so I, I could handle it <laughs> when I was 16. But I think I'd probably make two snaps and collapse. Hey, that's my new book, Two Snaps and Collapse. <laughs> Hey, how are you, Justin? I'm good. I, I'm right there with you. It's I I can't even I played high school football down there in, in the Florida heat, so very similar. Wow. I don't even remember how I did it. I think I barely scraped by back in uh, not back in the day, but maybe a decade ago. <laughs> well, um, people are a lot smarter now, and we hydrated back then. But believe it or not, that's when we were taking salt pills. So. Um, and and we would only have breaks at certain times. You know, you just did, you couldn't just walk over there all the time like players do now, which is smart. And yeah, that was even before Gatorade. <laughs> no Gatorade. We used to have something called Mean Water, and I'll tell you this real quick. But it was lime Kool Aid without sugar, and they dumped some salt in it, and it doesn't sound very tasty but uh 10 o'clock in the morning on an august 3rd steamy morning that tasted like gold <laughs> yeah I, but, I bet when you have no liquid inside your body oh. from football practice anymore you could drink just about anything i imagine do they still do what's called two-a-days i know that's an ignorant question but i'm not really sure i think they may have some workouts in the morning and then actually a practice in the afternoon but is two-a-days still a thing? Uh, from my high school experience, we only ever did two-a-days when we do, like, our off-season camp. Uh, typically, okay. we'd go to, like, Southeastern University and do two-a-days there. I think they do it in college, though. I, I want to say they do. Yeah, it sounds like it's uh, probably still up there and rolling. But uh, I can remember after the second of two-a-days, just I would go home and flop on the couch and probably not wake up until the next morning because it was it was excruciating it was grueling but we were men um uh, okay there, there's a little deep dive for you so um alabama and auburn let's let's talk just a second about auburn justin um auburn's looking for a quarterback just as alabama is i was uh i was looking at that the other day talking about the perry thompson commit um 
about developing receivers. And I go, well, who's who's yeah. going to be throwing him the ball? And um, I came to that same conclusion as well. I don't I don't know if there's a standout guy really down there that's just in this, like you said in the same situation Alabama's in right now. Actually, I think Alabama's in a little bit better situation because uh, I think they just got more talented quarterbacks. But um, well, a lot of yeah. people are looking <laughs> at Robbie Ashford because uh, you know he's shown some real positive signs, but he lacks consistency and um, accuracy sometimes. But people have been telling me in some of their workouts that he's looked great. So we'll see. Maybe they go with the uh, Thorn, the Michigan State transfer. So uh, we'll see what happens at Auburn, but they're going through that. And their, their adjustments down the plane are probably more to coaching, coaching staff. I mean, they got to get a new offense, you know, n- you know, new playbooks, new plays, new signals. Uh, they got to get that going in. And they got to shore up. I've heard that their offensive line was going to be a lot better, and that has been woeful over the last few years. So. We'll see if they don't straighten it out there, get a wide receiver, and run it back and go after it. I do know one thing. I think their defense is going to be closer to what Auburn became famous for back in the day. But uh, this show originates in Tuscaloosa, so that's probably enough Auburn talk for the day. But back to Alabama. and I was on with Gary Harris earlier today on Tide 100.9. And we talk NASCAR. That's what we do on Wednesdays at 9.30. But um, uh, he he asked me about Nick Saban's new home. And then I got up and read about it. Man, golly, what a house. Uh, 6,200 square feet, and it cost $17.5 million. Um. Oh, man. Only 17.5, you know, only. <laughs> How good are your math skills? What is that per square foot? I, I'll figure it out during a break. But that is a whole lot of money, and that's why his neighbors, it's a six-bedroom, 6,200-square-feet house, $17.5 So you can understand it's on Jupiter Island. You can understand why his neighbors will be Tiger Woods, Celine Dion, Gary Player, and Greg Norman. Now, some people want to jump to a conclusion and say, oh, that's it. Nick Saban's planning his retirement home. Well, I would caution those that are thinking down that lane. He already had a, a multi-million dollar house at what they call Boca Grande, uh, Gasparilla Island. Uh, I think his neighbor there was a guy named Dabo Sweeney. So... He was already down there. He was already in that area. He just bought another house. Uh, I don't know how you get from buying another house, Jupiter Island, in that same general area to retiring, but uh, some people have chosen that path, Justin. You know, we did some investigative reporting, if you will, with the Millers, too, and we think it's possibly because I know whatever the last hurricane that came through there True. It came through Naples. It did some damage to his house in Boca. So maybe he's just, you know, uh, changing location and, and finding a new... Maybe Dabo, like, stole some of his mail or cut the wrong side of the grass. Maybe and, he rolled his yard with palm trees. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so his house. And, had to go find a new place, new neighborhood. Um, but no, he was on that little skinny one-mile-wide island for a while. And you're right. And in fact, Mark Heim 
who has joined us several times from AL.com, he wrote the exact thing, same thing. Um, I can't get to the AL.com article quick enough to tell you which hurricane it was, but yes, it suffered damage. Uh, and maybe he wanted to move to a different place that maybe is less vulnerable. Um, I did do the math that, for us as well, Matt. That's about $2,800 per square foot. And, you know, and wow, that's that's staggering. But goodness knows he, he's he got it. And also, I think most people would say he's earned it. I mean, look at what he's done. And, in fact, was it President Witt that said in the, the 60 Minutes segment they did on Saban that said he's the best thing we've ever done financially? I mean, look at how much Alabama's enrollment has grown. When you first came down here, Justin, how many, which was what year, and how many kids were, how many students were enrolled? I started uh, my freshman year in 2018. I want to say there was around 30, 35,000, and I know we're up to almost 40 now, I think. Maybe even yeah. 50. I, might I have think to it's over 40. It may be closer to 45 now. But when I first went down there, it was 18,000. <laughs> of course, that was in 1975. There weren't, there weren't many people on the planet back then. But no, um, he is a great investment. The out-of-state enrollment has uh, more than doubled. And you know this, because I don't know if you were considered an out-of-state student or not, but out-of-state students pay a lot more tuition. You're in-state, it's the University of Alabama, so you're an in-state, you're, you're an Alabama resident, you don't pay as much. But uh, Nick Saban has helped Alabama, the University of Alabama, in so, so many ways. But speaking of which... And if you're a golfer and you're thinking about going to Alabama and you read this story, it might tip the scales. Did you see where Saban picked up the phone and called Lee Hodges after he won the golf tournament up in Minnesota, the 3M? I did. That was a, a, a great moment. I think Lee Hodges was even poking fun at himself um, with how he's like, I just called Nick Saban dude and, and pal. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. Well, uh, you know, those are the little things. And, and he gives support to volleyball and baseball and many different uh, many different sports, but other areas than just athletics at the University of Alabama. But if anybody asked me if the purchase of this new home means new, Nick Saban's going to retire, I would say not no, but blank no. And I think that we'll just move on from there. I would like, and I only saw one picture um, but it looked like an interior shot, and it wasn't very descriptive. But I'd like to see the exterior. Have you, have you guys looked that up at Todd yet? I, I was looking it up earlier. I think I saw like a bird's eye view of the property, but yeah, I've not seen anything from inside the home. Um, I, I believe it's like pretty narrow, and and uh, he's got a you know a big boat dock, and yeah, like it, forty. It looked nice. Yeah. Well. He deserves nice things. He's done a lot for the University of Alabama. Hey, you're listening to Big Noon Sports coming up the bottom of the hour. Watson Brown will join us. The show is presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage.
Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. Hey, Buckner. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. More sunshine than clouds for your afternoon. Rain chances remain near zero today. Your forecast, partly cloudy skies, hot with a high near 94. Tonight, expect partly cloudy skies with a low of 73. Hot and humid tomorrow. Shower storms returning by afternoon. The daytime high near 93 degrees. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 92 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Indeed, it is Big Noon Sports. Lars will be back tomorrow. Braves won yesterday, last night, against the Angels by a score of 5-1. to one. Uh, Tomorrow, big note on baseball as far as Rickwood Field. I believe we touched on this just uh, earlier in the week, that they will name the Field of Dreams game to be played in Birmingham at Rickwood Field tomorrow afternoon at 3.30, and they will also unveil the official logo. And I think I heard earlier today that uh, both the Barons and the Trash Pandas, who are playing over at Regents Field, uh, they'll be there along with several other dignitaries and some really, really good famous people from the old Negro Leagues in which this game is being playing in honor of. I'm, I'm very curious as to see what name they'll come up with. But the, there's a, just a couple of other notes as we bounce outside the lines here as opposed to football. But it is football. It's that time of the year. We'll be talking about it until uh, college football anyway, until uh, the middle of January. And that is all good. Are there questions we have not talked about, Justin, about Alabama that you will like to see answered here in the first couple of weeks? I think I really just want an update on the quarterback situation. Situation. I wonder if the yay Alabama, you know, practice and autograph things, if that's really going to tell some of the fans 
anything or see what we can kind of expect. Um, of course, that's been the question we've asked all offseason is who the starting quarterback is going to be. I'm just ready to get things started. <laughs> you know, we got camp today, so I'm excited for some Alabama football and watch these guys actually get on the field. Well, the football, the quarterback issue has been uh, talked about to, almost to death. We just kind of got in there at the uh, start-finish line, and now we can start speculating all over again with the limited, the very limited amount of uh, – you're not going to get to see anything in practice. As Mike Rodak and I were talking about yesterday, you'll, um, you'll get a little very small sample Saturday – as, as they'll do some walkthroughs and that kind of stuff for the fans that will be there. But that's it. Um, believe it or not, Justin, and again, seems like I talk about how old I am all the time, but uh, certainly um, it helps. Uh, it's going to be... I just totally, I, I was reading a text message from Watson Brown. I just totally lost my train of thought. And again, that's another thing that happens when you're older. But back in the day, when I first got into this business and I was doing TV, we, uh, we could take our cameras in and film the first 30 minutes of practice. And there was hitting, contact, plays run. Nothing was developed. It wasn't a game plan that they were going to show us when Alabama was going to, to go play at Tennessee. But you were able to get legitimate practice footage that you could use in your television stories and television broadcasts where uh, it has... And this is not just Alabama. They're all doing it. Um, it's paranoia uh, cubed. Um, there's not a lot you can get out of uh, you know watching players do what, down and outs, you know, running post patterns, uh, you know, doing an old Oklahoma drill or something like that, and then the media leaves. But, yeah, you know, I, I guess that's their choice. I don't think – that, does that bother fans, Justin? Does it bother you that you can't get video or you can't even walk out there and watch them practice for just a little while? It, it doesn't really bother me. I, since I didn't grow up in Tuscaloosa, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have had the ability to come and watch them practice anyways. But from my understanding and talking with Ryan Fowler uh, a while ago, it, that was the case pretty recently, was it not? And then COVID kind of threw a wrench in that where they really locked practices down and, and such. Is that what you've seen? Even before the COVID um, at Alabama, you pretty much could shoot them doing their calisthenics. Uh, and that was about it. And then you were politely asked to leave. And, of course, we did. But... I, you do make a good point. Ryan makes a good point there, too, that COVID had a lot to do with shutting it all down. But that's in our rearview mirror. Uh, does anything say you can't go back to letting the videographers go out there for at least 15 minutes? You know, what you need is some fresh video daily. You want to get some shots of some of the newcomers just to see how they're... You can't do that anymore. You, you want to get group shots. You you want to get what's called B-roll, and that's when you're talking about, you're talking to Saban, and Saban's talking about what went on in practice today. Well, guess what? You show practice today, but you can't do that anymore. Um, and at least a couple of practices during August, maybe they could let you get out there for just a few minutes because viewers don't want to just see what's called a talking head. Wouldn't they like to see some motion, some activity? 
Now, wouldn't they like to see Ty Simpson dropping back and, you know, throwing a corner route? I think it's interesting to compare as well because it's almost the exact opposite in the NFL. Like, we're we're seeing all sorts of footage, and, you know, a lot of these teams have stands set up for the fans to come and watch them during training camp and practice and see their favorite players. You know, that's a great point because it seems like with all the espionage in the National Football League, they'd be even more protective. But, God, that's a great point because – just was it Monday of this week we were talking about Magoo being on the practice field in Green Bay, Wisconsin? I think yeah. it was Monday. We talk, talked a little and, bit about it yesterday, too. Yeah. And uh, I was at church last night, and I saw our, our bass player. Hey, Barry. Barry's such a great guy. But he's a big Packers fan. And while we were on there Monday, he was sending me photos of practice, of Love dropping back, of Magoo dropping back. Uh, so And he's... He's not a credentialed member of the media. He's just a fan. Um, he sent me another picture <coughs> of Magoo riding the bicycles, the kids' bicycles down, which is a longstanding tradition there with the Packers. So that's a great point. Um, now the NFL's not going to let you shoot their game plan. Of course, nobody's going to let you do that. Um, Coach Bryant wouldn't let you do that going back in the day. Um, you imagine if... Uh, Videographers would have been able to shoot 1970 when Alabama employed the, the wishbone for the first ever. Nobody knew about it. And if they did, they didn't say anything. Um, you know, that kind of protection, I understand. You don't want writers looking at it. You don't want videographers taking pictures of it. But I, I just think they have become, I don't think, they, they have become overly protective in providing us with an opportunity to maybe do a different story. Also, they protect all the, the players now. Uh, back in the day, as I just go on my little ramble here, back in the day, you could request a player and they'd bring the player to you on media day, which was usually on Mondays or Tuesdays. But um, now, isn't it right, Justin? There's only a select few players that are even allowed to talk to the media, right? De- definitely. And you know they only bring so many up there to nashville like they did this year and from my experience in the press room at the a-day game you know it wasn't so much who we wanted to talk to but it was who they were going to let us talk to and so exactly they bring in the specific guys and um if if approached and if you know we asked nicely we, we followed protocol we wanted to talk to an assistant coach back in the day that would be set up um but now and mike mentioned this yesterday that August 5th and then uh, whatever bowl game Alabama ends up in, that'll be the first and the last time you'll be able to talk to coordinators. I mean, man, it would be fantastic to be able to just sit down in a group setting and talk to Tommy Reese, wouldn't it? How about Kevin Steele? Hey, how's it feel to be back? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, that they are uh, very restrictive over that now. I kind of understand it, but I don't like it. Uh, and I think it takes away from the fan. Uh, fans want to read more. They want to watch more. I mean, these you know, people are just absolutely consumed by Alabama football and can't get enough. And now we as members of the media can't provide enough. Okay, I guess I'll tone it down just a little bit. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think you And I perfect. don't think that's an old school, get out of my front yard type of old man thing. Uh, I think that frustrates even the young media members because it literally cuts down it, 
blocks and restricts ability to do your job. No, I think you're right. And I think as we've moved further in with technology, uh, you'd expect the opposite. You'd expect more openness, more uh, access to players, to coaches. But, I mean, for another NFL comparison, like the Jets are are selected to do hard knocks, and they seem to be, um, which is the, the television show that covers their training camp uh, through HBO, I believe. Um, you know, they were angry almost at the idea that they were going to have this film crew come in and just talk to them and film them and ask a couple questions. So we're kind of moving backwards that way. Well, um, that gets inside the locker room. That may be a little bit different, but I just wonder as we go to break, Watson Brown's going to be on hold here in a second, but I just wonder with the technology of today, can you not have a drone flying over somebody's practice field as it gets shot down like they did on Modern Family. <laughs> There's a stretch. Washington Brown's next on Big Noon Sport. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Welcome back in. Matt Colter here, along with Justin Jones. Lars Anderson's taking a couple of time, a couple of days off here. Welcome, our next guest, Willie, good guy, really good football coach. We've known him for twenty years now, plus, I guess. I remember when you were playing football at Vandy. But uh, let's not go back too far, Watson. How you been? <laughs> man, I'm doing great, man. It's good to hear you. I haven't talked to you in a while, and been a great friend for a long time, my man. Proud of you. Proud you're still yeah. going. Yeah, I'm still plugging along. Uh, you still plugging along. Yeah, well, I'm not full-time anymore. Let's just put it that way. Well, uh, you, you better not be or I'd be on you. <laughs> I know you would. Well, uh, let me ask you, where, where did you decide to retire? Are you in uh, we're, Tennessee? We're still in Cookville, where, okay. where I was born and raised, and uh, daughter in Hermitage, which is about 45 minutes away. My wife's from Lebanon, which is about half an hour away or so. So we're in the area. We're trying to get ourselves back toward Nashville somewhere, but right now we're still in Cookville. I'm driving back right now, Matt, from our water place in Alabama. We, we oh, you a got place a place on, on the, the river, uh, don't you? We have a place on the river, and we're about 30 minutes from Jasper, and uh, 
have kept that for all these years and love it. So uh, we're driving back to Tennessee right now. Well, it's good to have you back in Alabama, even though it's signed the time yes. limited. Um, yes. So w- what kind of – was there something that said, hey, Coach Watson, I've done this all my life. Was there a deciding no. factor in why you stepped away? No, not really. I, I Everybody said, you'll know, and I just thought it was time. Uh, I wanted so bad to come back to Cookville and, and, and win an OVC championship, and, and that hadn't happened in 36 years. So when we did that, I stayed a couple of more years, and this just felt like it was time. I was 66, been doing it for, I think, nearly 46 years, and 32 of those the head coach. So I stayed in it, and I stayed close to football. I, I worked for ESPN for three years and traveled at AAC games for ESPN as an analyst. And then, then the last few years, I've been on a radio show with a guy named George Plaster out of Nashville. Oh, everybody and knows I've done George. That. <laughs> yep, been on with George. George and I go way back. When I was my first head coaching job at Austin B, I was 28 years old. George did my TV show for me. I think George was 19 or 20 when he was in Vanderbilt as a student. So that was one bad show, by the way, that we we did. But so George and I go way back to, and so I tinker a little bit with that left, but basically I I, I haven't missed it. I really had things I missed. Um, Players, Matt, just just players through all the years. I missed that. But honestly, the other stuff I had missed and the way, the way college football is headed, I, I don't miss some of the things that uh, a lot of my friends are still dealing with. Yeah, I don't know, though. I think you timed it perfectly because um, even the best coaches, including Nick Saban, are frustrated by these NIL deal and the transfer portal. Uh, if, as if y'all didn't have enough to worry about, now you have to re-recruit yeah. your own players. Just your thoughts you're recruiting the them year round. Yeah, you have to keep, recruit you're to keep them, them. year round, man. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you got to recruit them maybe harder when you get them than you did before you get them. That's I mean, it's, it's it's crazy stuff. The only thing I see different uh, that helps that's made it better. I, I've always been for players making some money. I don't know that it ain't going a wee bit too far here, but that I've always been for anyway. Figure out a way to do it, not the way they're doing it now. But uh, you want to you want to get back quick in a program. If you're down, it's a lot easier to fix one right now. I'm hearing coaches that are talking about having 45 to 50 new faces in their program when they reported this summer. I mean that that's. You couldn't do that in the old days. You get 25 scholarships, period. And uh, if, if you wanted a, a quick fix, you might run to junior college or something. Yeah. Uh, this is different now. That's the only thing I see, that a guy could change his program pretty quick by doing it this way. Other than that, I see nothing that's positive about it. A lot of positive coming out of UAB. You're, did you... <laughs> Trent yeah. was in Nashville. I guess you probably run across each other several times. I would think so. But what are your thoughts? No, on I, I have not. Really? I have not met Trent. Uh, I watched teams play some and different things, but I have not met him. I want to do that. Um, my grace, Matt, has that place changed. Lord, have mercy. I think back so often about 
how it was we were we had those two straight winning seasons then they put that resolution on us while you were around and and we had to knock the knock the deficit down i was the ad i took over as ad and we had to knock the deficit down a million dollars a year or they were going to do away with football and we did it we were able to keep keep knocking it down a million dollars a year through playing unbelievable games on the road and and for big money and 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 Birmingham helping out and everything, but it just reached a point you can't go but so far. Sooner or later, after I left, they ended up up getting it. And uh, but I, I, in a lot of ways, it woke some folks up. And said, "Hey, if we want this, we're going to have to to get this done." And uh, it's unbelievable the facilities that now. I'm really really proud of where everything is. Yeah, you're not all in that little bitty box. What was it called? The Seven Eleven building, something like that. <laughs> oh, oh, gracious! What well, you remember? We're playing. We go to play Auburn. First game of Division One, and play them good. I think we're we're within yeah. a touchdown, and uh, maybe less than a touchdown in the fourth quarter with them. Well, we we don't even have a dressing room yet at that point. We're we're dressing in shifts in an old intramural locker room. And if you remember, our defense would go dress first, and they'd bring their valuables out and set them on the side in the hallway there. And then the offense would go in and dress, bring theirs out. A policeman would watch their stuff while we practiced and come back and do it the same way. We didn't have a locker room yet, and we were playing Auburn <laughs> in the first Division One game. It's unbelievable some of the things that we did. I, I've been told many times, man, you should write a book just about the UAB times and I, and I really should because it's it's unbelievable we didn't have offices you remember we started in that geriatrics division up in one of the medical areas of, of, of UAB and that was football coaches offices that was interesting to do that, that was then we ended up in that down. in that little building that little building we were in when you were around so some neat times it, was, it wasn't good but a lot of good came from and a uh, lot of great uh, players came through that school, gosh. But um, I miss the camaraderie with the coaches and the players, just as uh, sure you do. The, the, well, the Matt, that's all we had, as you know. It's all yeah, we had true. in those days. That's true. And so we had each other. That was it. And uh, I don't know. Some things like that just, I think, make you closer. I agree. And I saw it. Um, yeah. One of the things I marveled at in your years there was the ability to keep your staff together. And that staff yeah. was high D1 quality. Oh. I mean, you had Christophel, um, you had Clay. Uh, Bill Clay. Wasn't Vandy coaching your offense's line? What a coach. Larry Vander Hayden uh, was my offensive line coach for most of the time there. That? I, I, I was lucky. A lot of those guys didn't have jobs when I went to UAB. And I knew them all, so there there was that, and and uh, I think I just that they all kind of got excited that we're going to do something from scratch here, and uh, it, you know we had Division three, but it was going and, and knew we were going Division one in one year. We had one year of, of FCS football and then Division one. I don't know. I think they all got excited about it. At John Neal, George Pugh, uh, it just just a a fantastic staff. It was it was maybe one of the best I've ever had in my 32 years as a head coach, and that's what did it. Those guys went out and recruited the areas hard, and 
we won the state of Alabama other than Alabama and Auburn. That's what we set out to do because a lot of people were coming in and taking players from the state of Alabama. We were able to do that and a, a lot of good players in that state, man. And we went to Georgia, and that was really it, Matt, if you remember. We went to, up to about Atlanta, but we stayed in Alabama. I think 80% of our team was Alabama kids. Oh, I think Roddy was from South Carolina. Roddy was South Carolina. That you know was Larry Vander Hayden. Larry recruited you know Roddy. What, you know what Tuffy was talking about? He was on the show last week, and he said, do you think, you know, I, do you think there's any way in hell that we would have been able to keep Roddy White with a transfer portal? And oh, just, heavens no. Heavens no. He's been gone in a year. <laughs> He, he, I think he was Conference USA, all Conference USA, all four years. I mean, he was a great player, and no, we wouldn't have been able to keep him. There's, there's no way we would have been able to do that. Watson, uh, looking down the road, um, do you like the idea of the twelve-team playoffs? I do, I do. I, I, I think that as long as they figure out, Matt, how to not hurt the boats, especially the bigger boats. And I, I think they can tie them to the playoffs like they've done some already. Uh, I just think getting the 12 best teams. And it, it was going to happen because these conferences are growing in numbers so fast. They couldn't just take one or two from the Big Ten or the SEC. And they can't do that. There's too many good teams, so they had to expand it. And I really believe money is number one, but number two was to make sure that we can tell Oklahoma and Texas, you come to the SEC, you still got a great chance to get in the playoffs because if you're one of the top four or five in this conference, you're going to get in. And they will. That's exactly what's going to happen. What do you think uh, about going into this year? Give me your top two or three pick teams. That's the same ones. I, 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 Matt, it's been the same ones forever. <laughs> Some things never change. It's, Southern Cal is going to be around on the out of the West. They will be there. Uh, the SEC is going to be the same ones. It's going to be Alabama and Georgia. Somebody else will sneak up. I don't know who it'll be, but those two are going to be there. They're going to be right there at the end. It's going to be Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, it's going to be Clemson. I'd like to give my brother a shot at, out of North Carolina. I don't know, but it'll be Clemson and somebody out, out of the ACC. But I think Clemson is going to reappear. I think they've got a good young quarterback again. And, Matt, if you look at it close, you got to play good defense, but you've got to have a quarterback. The ones that make it have got a guy making all the plays right there. And uh, when you fall off a little bit, it's when you don't have one of those. And I think Clemson's guy will come back. He's going to have a really good year, so they'll they'll be there. Well, your brother's got one of the best in the nation, and I think he's going to towards a brilliant he's, NFL he's career. special. I'll be shocked if he's not the number one quarterback taken in the draft. Uh, I think he'll be taking over Caleb Mitchell. Uh, or Caleb Williams, is that right? Getting oh, the yeah, the guy right at USC. The kid at USC. They've got him right now one, and Max got two. I'll, I'll take the bet that he's the first one taken in the draft when the time comes. Of course, we're talking about Drake May. How is your brother? He just keeps plowing along, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. He's still enjoying it, still excited. I mean, 
That's why I tell him, I said, boy, do what you want to do. It's time to smell the roses. If that's what you want to do, do it. If it's not, get out. Yep. And, and But he's, he tells me he still wants to do it, enjoy it. So more power to him. And I haven't, I haven't missed it since I got out. I, I really haven't. And the, I do miss pieces, but I really haven't, haven't missed it that much. But uh, how did, how is you, I saw they were picked fairly low. I don't, I would be shocked if they finished that low, Matt. How do you feel about that? I, I feel the same way you do. And of course I have. A I think Bill left good players. Him. I think yeah, he did Bill, too. Bill left good players there and, and solid players. And, uh, I know they're, 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 it's a different conference and all that, but I just, I just think there's still a lot of players. And being picked there, I'm not sure it doesn't help them because they'll relax and just go go prove everybody wrong. How about that football field? Oh, gracious sakes, life. Man, we would love to have had that. Uh, I, you know, Matt, when I left, it, it killed me to, to leave. I mean, I, I but I felt like... I needed to move up. We just had, we were out of money. We couldn't, we had gotten it down a million a year for, I think, three, maybe four years, and we just, we were out. So I needed to get out and tried everywhere in the world to get Pat the job, and, and that didn't work. And then they want to blame me for that one, which is a joke, because I was one fight to get Pat the job. And uh, gosh, I guess after I, then I got just frustrated, went back home and coached, and then a couple of years later, they dropped this, drop it. Uh, but gracious, what came from that? That stadium is absolutely gorgeous. They did everything first class, and that 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 means an awful lot to me to do that. I've got to ask you before we let you go. Going back to some of those great days at UAB, um, would the the win at Baton Rouge be a be a highlight or among them? Uh, yeah, among them. I mean. Gosh, we Matt, we just we went on. We had to play so many of those good teams for money, and but it also gave our kids so many memories. Yeah, that LSU win was special. Our, our, our defense played so good that night. I think we picked off five passes in the game. Uh, you know, I think my, probably my favorite game, and you'll remember it was TCU. We played one of those first Friday night games. Caught a little grief for that, but uh, because of high schools, now they do it all the time. Uh, but we played one of the first Friday night games, and TCU was high ranked. I think they were in the top ten, and we just beat the fool out of them that night. I think we beat them like thirty-five to ten or something yeah. like that. And that 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 was special. But we had so many. To, I can remember. I think it's the first year we go played Nebraska and Lincoln. Oh, I knew you were going to bring this up. Hottest day I've ever been in. I've been to Lincoln twice. The coldest day I've ever been in and the hottest day I've ever been in. When I was at Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, we played them the last game of the year. That's the coldest day ever was. And then we go to Lincoln that next, uh, when I first year, second year of UAB, and play them to the wire. Played a great game that day. And if you remember... That's, um, you know... What if they made it to where you couldn't accept a single dime from through the transfer portal or as an NIL or NIL for the second season if you stay coming out of high school? You have to be enrolled at that university, at that football program, before you can take any of the money. I don't know. Maybe I'm... Um, 
living in uh, utopia. Todd Rundgren. Back in a minute on Big Noon Sports. Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. If you have a community event in Tuscaloosa in West Alabama, tell us about it. All you have to do is email the information to TuscaloosaPSA at townsquaremedia.com. Be sure to include all the details, like the cause, date, time, location, and a good contact name and number. Email it to TuscaloosaPSA at townsquaremedia.com. Big Noon Sports. It's Matt, Justin, and you. If you want to call in, 205-342-9904. We'll talk a lot about Alabama with Mick Gillespie here in just a few minutes. But I was just reading another article online this morning 
about Bryce Young and talk about a bright future and talk about a city charged about him being signed and the whole team. It's uh, Bryce this, Bryce that. And even as good as we know he is, he continues to impress in his workouts. And today there is an article that you can read on AL.com from Mark Inabet. And it talks about Bryce's moves through University of Alabama and how when he got back, it's a really interesting story. When he got back and everybody was coming in from COVID, COVID um, he needed a little spending cash. He didn't have NIL yet. And he actually, can you imagine this? He did DoorDash. Um, but he said he was careful. He tried to take only the deliveries that were left at the step as opposed to knocking on the door because he'd be recognized. But he said that was also post-pandemic and people were still wearing masks and hoodies. So he said not that he would have been recognized anyway. But he needed some spending cash. Now, see, that a couple of points here. That's what NILs meant, okay? Instead of having to do that, which is admirable to say the very least, you know, spending money. Um, taking your date out, being able to afford maintenance on your car, that kind of stuff that you can do through your name, image, and likeness. That's what it's all about. And I think that in its basic form, it's a wonderful idea. But uh, they didn't know if he ever delivered from Bojangles, but getting back to his DoorDash, um, he is now in the home of, I didn't know Bojangles was based in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Did you know that, Justin? I, I think I did. I, I know there's like they're scattered around Alabama, but I know over there that they're very big. Um, but anyway, um, now they've got a picture of him standing there with four huge boxes of Bojangles chicken. And that was a pretty cool photo and great exposure for Bojangles. And if he's not, he should be uh, a local spokesperson for them. And that would that would just make perfect sense. But doesn't that tell you a lot about Bryce Young? Um, that he comes back, start quarterback after the Mac Jones year, and boom, um, there he is, knocking on people's not knocking on people's door, but you know, dropping off uh, something from it's a good restaurant and a bunch of some twelve twenty five or something, just dropping it off at your home. It's pretty cool, but. When it comes to the NFL end of this, Justin, um, is he going to end up having the best rookie year of any quarterback out there? I I could see it happening for sure. I, I guess the comparison here is just looking at the other rookies and seeing how well they could do. I don't know if C.J. Stroud is in a – I'm expecting the Houston's Texans uh, defense to be very good with Will Anderson, and from what I've seen from training camp, he is flying around on their tr- uh, training field and facilities. But I, I think their O-line is, is a little bit lacking, and they don't really have the receivers in Houston to do that. And on, on the flip side, Bryce Young doesn't really have the receivers in Carolina as well, although he has a younger core to work with. So I could easily see it. I, I know Gary Harris was talking about the other day. He had some interceptions in practice. But other than that, they seem extremely impressed with his play, with his his thinking, his football IQ, and I'm I think he could be. I think he has the potential to be a, a rookie of the year. I'll make that my prediction. He 
can put that on paper. <laughs> He's going to be rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. You call your shot. Do you uh, do you think? Oh, there are other are there other Alabama players that are going to be probable starters that you're looking to big things to come out in the NFL? Of of the rookies or just in general? No, yeah, just the ones taken out of this recent draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, um, the rookies. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is the other name that that pops into my head. I think um, Dan Campbell and the Lions are going to use him extremely well. I mean, it, the guy is just so versatile. He's fast. He can catch. He can run the ball. Um, there's, It's going to be very hard for them not to get production out of him. So I could see him doing well. And I also think they're going to utilize him more since Jamison Williams is going to be missing some of their initial games from the um, suspension that he's dealing with um, for betting. So more runs, more passing. I could see that. Who are, who are some of the other names here? Blink in, blink in my mind. Um, I don't know. You, you think Tua Tua is going to make a dance somewhere? So I, I've always I always liked his game. I just his toughness. Uh, he's a very very smart player, and he would go sideline to sideline. And I know he was not a first rounder. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. See exactly where and to whom he went, but. Yeah, guys like that I really pull for. I've also seen Brian Branch um, has had some – I saw a clip of him making an incredible interception uh, for the Lions as well. So I think yeah. Brian Branch could be a guy to look out for also. And then, like, Tyler Steen is on the Eagles. He's set up for success. Like, that, that O-line with um, – um, Dickerson is already going to be playing well with um, some vets and some best O line in football, probably. Yeah, I'd probably say that too. Um, so that's always good when you can join around guys that are already playing at such a high level. Well, it it will bear itself out. Um, I like the Lions this year. I really do. Uh, I hope they can come up and do something. Even though I'm a Packers fan, they're in the same division. But well, uh, and I I know Lars would be happy too with Jordan Battle on the Bengals. Uh, I think a lot of our it surprisingly we're getting a lot of good DBs. Alabama's getting a lot of corners, a lot of safeties back into the league, and um, like Sertain has made an impact for the Broncos and is arguably one of the best corners in the league right now. So maybe we'll see a resurgence of uh, some Alabama-bred defensive backs. Well, you mentioned Brian Branch a minute ago, and I saw the play you made, and it was spectacular. But uh, Dan Campbell said, I mean, this is a football player, football player. I think he said he's a man. Um, Ben, if anybody made a lot of capital draft value in their senior season, I would say on the Alabama team anyway, it would be Branch. I mean, because going in, everybody's thinking it's Jordan Battle, Jordan Battle, Boy, did Branch ever shine. In fact, I think he really started uh, bringing it as, as as far as making more plays at the end of the season before. But the um, fact is, his senior year at the University of Alabama, he made himself a lot of money, Justin. Oh, definitely. And I think he's got a good name. Like, it rolls off the tongue pretty well. So I, that always benefits yes, for sir. the NIL. Yeah, that's the way I feel about Roydell Williams. He's got one of those great old-school running back names like you would hear John Facenda speak on NFL Films. Uh, 
God, man, when we were kids. Do you even know what I'm talking about? These films, these these yeah. uh, montages they would put together. Yeah, NFL the films. Packers. Yeah, I, I may not Packers. know the player exactly you're referencing, but yeah, I know NFL films. Yeah, but you, no, the players back then were like uh, Hoyle Granger, <laughs> who nobody listening to the show remembers. Uh, but he's a good running back, I think, with Houston. He may have played at Mississippi State. How can I remember this and I forgot to get cat food? All right, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk to the mixture. Mick Gillespie will join us, and we'll pick up some football talk, and we will pick up uh, some baseball talk, too, trade deadline. And all, you're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street, across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. More sunshine than clouds for your afternoon rain chances remain near zero today. Your forecast, partly cloudy skies, hot with a high near 94. Tonight, expect partly cloudy skies with a low of 73. Hot and humid tomorrow. Shower storms returning by afternoon. The daytime high near 93 degrees. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 96 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, thanks for tuning us in and want to remind you one of our, our sponsors is R&R. Uh, you hear Reagan on the show all the time. But, uh, it's the Cigar Mansion down there on 6th. And you want to stick in a really nice glass, I mean nice glass of bourbon. Uh, I'm a Kentucky bourbon guy and went in there and had some Basil Hayden rye. God, I'm not even supposed to say actual names on the air, am I? I think I just broke the FCC code. Uh, well, why not let Mick Gillespie sort that out? Mick Gillespie, what's going on? How's your life? Where are you? Oh, I love R and R, man. What are you R&R. doing these days? Did you do a game last night? Yeah, yeah, sure did. Did a game last night, and um, doing one tonight as well. So uh, a lot of baseball going on. And tomorrow afternoon at three thirty at Rickwood Field, they're going to unveil the name and the logo for the upcoming Field of Dreams. I still get a little glow when I think about that. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't even know that. That's that's fantastic. I mean, that it's back and now a major league game with you. You're breaking up just a little bit. I don't know if you need to stand on one leg or not. But uh, when we talk <laughs> Bama football on um, Big Noon Sports. Is that any better? By, yes, much better. Okay. Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker uh, with uh, Advantage Realty Group, sponsors these segments, and we appreciate that uh, a lot. Um, let's talk some baseball first. Uh, you text me and ask me what I thought about the Braves on the trade deadline, they didn't do a whole lot. Um, but you know why? You know this, Mick. They don't need to. They have a really good team. Uh, you always want to try and strengthen your bullpen. And I think they did when they picked up Brad Hand because he's just hell on these. So, and, and given what the Braves' bullpen has done this year, bullpens are tr- prone to injuries, right? Because what do you have? You have 12 or 11 on your roster, our pitchers. So, you get some injuries there. I think he's a good pickup. It was the only one that really popped off the page at me. What about you? Braves are one of the teams that is poised to win the World Series. I mean, they have the odds in their favor right now. Um, they're a 24, well, 25% chance to win the World Series. So, Wow. So, 24.8. So, those are amongst the best World Series odds in baseball. They didn't need to go out there and do a lot. They actually by far the best uh, World Series odds in baseball. Looking at Fangraphs, do a whole lot. I, I'm surprised uh, that you know that they're that much of an overwhelming favorite, but they're the most complete team in baseball right now. So I didn't think they needed to do much. You know, you're right minor league system of guys that can jump in if they need them. Uh, it would be frustrating to probably be in the show already, but the Braves are just solid at most of the position. They are. Hey. Well, it looks like we lost Matt. Mick, are you still here on the line? I guess we have lost just about everybody. It wouldn't be a fun day without, you know, some technical difficulties here at the Tide 109 studios. So we appreciate y'all listening in, tuning in. Um, and truthfully, I, I don't know so much about keeping uh, the baseball conversation started. But let's uh, hit just a slight pause really quick, and then we'll get back with, with Matt and see about getting Mick back on here as well. So you're listening to Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports.
Back on Big Noon Sports, it's Matt. Uh, Lars is taking some time off. He should be back tomorrow. We're going to try and rejoin with Mick Gillespie because I don't know what happened, but every gremlin in the Internet and clean feed, and uh, we just had everything blow up all, all at once. I think we've got Mick back. I, I know I'm back. Uh, Mick, yeah, how's my – I don't know. You know – you know, with all the technology in the world, sometimes you just can't beat Mother Nature. And stuff no. happens. It just does. And uh, you've been in this business long enough to know you just keep going. So that's what we're going to do. Um, I think we had finished talking about the Braves, I think, to a certain extent, except you were talking about the likelihood that they could win the World Series. Um, but couldn't stop our baseball chat here without talking about Verlander and Scherzer and their trades. Uh, I think it's you can see two things here real quick. Uh, the Mets are throwing the church bus. They're throwing the chairs off the church bus. They're done. Uh, but I tell you what, you talked about them two weeks ago. The Rangers, they're real. And, of course, we know Houston is. Yeah, how about that matchup? You know, they both guys, uh, both teams got ace pitchers from the Mets. And there's going to be, a, you know, a high noon shootout and somewhere in the Lone Star State, right? Between the Rangers and the Astros. Um, I, I think it's great. You know, I love seeing big-time baseball take place in the South. It's great that the Braves are great, or one of the, you know, premier teams in baseball. And I, I thought that not only did those teams get better, but the Mets just rebuilt their farm system. You know, they made a lot of trades where, you know, they gave up Pete Crow Armstrong to get Javi Baez. And some of you might not know about that trade yet but you're going to find out <laughs> it was not a good trade for the Mets. But this is the year to, to be the sellers, you know? So not a lot of teams were willing to sell because there's so many that are in the mix right now. Um, and, and the Mets, the, the Mets got a lot in return from both of those teams. It was Acuna, Acuna's brother. and They got the Astros first and second uh, uh, ranked prospects and, it's going to be uh, one of those uh, you're going to look back and, and the best kind of – it was the right year not to be any good if you're going to be able to, to kind of stockpile like that. But, you know, going back to the Rangers and Houston, um, Houston got their guy back, you know, kind of a weird thing. You know, he's there and then he, they win and then he goes out. Now he's back, you know, Scherzer's back. So I, I'm really looking forward to that, that race. Are you surprised that the Rangers are so good this year? Not, well, yeah, but you know what? They've got Bruce Bochy as their manager, right? And yeah. he's the best in baseball. He's better than any other manager. He's won three World Series, always contended when he was uh, in San Francisco. He's got the magic touch. And and they went out and developed talent, and then they made some, some really good signings, and everything kind of came together at once. So, yeah, I'm surprised. But then when you look at the team, you're like, well, you know what? They, they've got really good players. They do indeed, but um, it'll be interesting seeing how this plays out because um, we have a little bit less than half the season remaining. Hey, uh, let's talk some Alabama football, courtesy of Laura Lee Thompson, the, the Bama broker, Advantage Realty Group. Uh, today's first day, we won't find out squat, will we? No, we won't. It, it'll, it'll take us about two or three days to start really getting some information out of there. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, it's like a tight lockbox. But I'm guessing that the first week's going to be to decide at least 
who the quarterbacks are that are going to get the reps to battle for the starting job. So th- that's the that's the thing I'm looking for first. You can't have five guys get reps. It just is impossible. You know, so we're going to find that out. And then I think that once we start to figure that out, the rest of uh, the team is going to come together in the information. You just hope everyone stays healthy. You know, like there's been years where, you know, certain position groups get decimated and, and you know, in the practices leading up to the first game. Um, the other question, and I know you would agree with me on this, I think the whole season is going to swing on how good the offensive line is. I agree. And, and I think I just – and I know it's something that we're not talking a lot about, but I'm very curious to see if this is the year that we get back to, you know, to beating people up at the line of scrimmage and making them quit. And I think it is. And I think that room full of very talented running backs is going to be able to pull that off. And I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off whoever ends up being the starting quarterback. Who knows? Saban may go. Yeah, right. With a, with a two-quarterback system, although it rare is the case that I've seen that work. But following that, Mick Gillespie, um, if not, I mean, they're going to have to they have to get somebody. But um, don't they have to immediately try and get it down to two? Or do they? I don't know. Your thoughts? I mean, I would think so, right? I, I, yeah. I would think so, just because. Reps wise, you know, you you've got your your starting starting quarterback needs to be out there throwing with the, the the first team and getting the reps and the practice and you know learning the plays. And if you're battling with a guy uh, for the job, I mean, I, the, the only other time I can remember this situation was the year that Jalen Hurts ended up being quarterback. But remember, he wasn't the starter coming out of camp, no. so he had to come so, in I mean, the USC like, game. Yeah, right. And so, we, you know, they didn't really know what they had, and then, you know, he ends up getting the job. Um, so I, I I don't know. I mean, and we didn't, you know, we didn't really know what to expect going into that whole thing, you know, other than, who, you know, who's getting the reps. And and he and, and surprisingly, he ended up being the guy. So who, who knows? There's five guys there. You know, maybe, you know, maybe one of the freshmen steps up and takes the job. You know, maybe it's the transfer. You know, maybe it's the guy we thought was going to be from the beginning and Ty Simpson, who, who I figure is going to be the, the quarterback. But then Jalen Milrow can run, and, and that's such a weapon. You know, even if he doesn't start, you know, he's still a great backup quarterback just because he's so different than the guys that he's around with that blazing speed. But you know what? I, I wouldn't mind him if he, you know, if he came out and really threw the ball well. Just because the, his ability to run, uh, you know, it, it just changes the way that you defend Alabama. But somebody's going to have to step up and get that job. And, I mean, first week of camp, that's what I'm looking for. You know, the way I look at it is that Tommy Reese is a quarterback. Uh, he's the coach, the offensive coordinator. And they probably wouldn't have brought Tyler Buckner in here if he wasn't going to have a really good shot. So, you know, there's a mark in the plus columns column for Buckner, but then Milrose got the experience. He puts a lot of pressure on the defense with his legs because, man, that guy is fast. I, th- I still think he, even if he's not starting quarterback, they need to get him in the offense somehow. But then Ty Simpson's more the prototypical um, quarterback that's uh, more of a pocket guy and uh, can really help you through the passing game. So they all have big pluses, but uh, and you, you well know this Mick, what's it going to come down? What does Nick Saban say? You got to win the team. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You know, one of the biggest disappointments in last year's season 
a team that I think could have easily won the national championship. They were right there. It was just the, their lack of creativity. I don't know how many times I said that on with you guys and then you know and on my shows. But the, the fact that you have Jalen Milrow and you can't figure out a way to get him in the game, at least at some point, you know, it tells me that you're not trying hard enough. I mean, think about when Tim Tebow wasn't the starter at Florida. They still found a way to get him in, and they won a national championship with him as a backup. Yep. You know, But he came in and made big plays because they gave him the opportunity to do that. Uh, so I'm hoping that that's the, the, the kind of offensive coordinator that Tommy Reese is. That is you know, I'm not saying go out there and... and and make dumb decisions like, you know, uh, like Georgia did, you know, when they had um, the quarterback that's in the NFL now. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. And he's out there trying to do punts and stuff, and, and, and you blow the game. But I'm saying, like, you know, when Tim Tebow was in Florida, they found really creative ways to get him in the game. And and maybe that's the only way that you're going to be able to manage having five quarterbacks that have different skill sets. I know you got to run. Final question. Fan Day is this Saturday. That's always a really, really good time. They haven't been able to do it since the pandemic. Uh, they're bringing it back. But in order to get on the field and get the autographs, um, fan would have to pay $18 to the collective and can take one child. Um, it kind of irks me having to yeah. pay for it, Fan Day. Yeah, right, right. And it was Josh Fields, by the way, who I was talking about. Um, look, it's the world that we live in now. You know what? The the, payer, the players are getting paid now, whether it's, you know, through collective or some booster or whatever it is. They're getting paid, and um, that's how you do these. They're going to be doing these kind of things to, to, to build up the collective so that they can pay these guys to be on the field. So it's going to help the program. Unfortunately, it's the world we live in. I mean, they, they don't do stuff like that anymore for free. You know, I mean, it's just not I, – I, we lived in a time where, you know, you did stuff for free because it was the right thing to do, but it isn't the right thing to do anymore, you know. I mean, I, I heard a story today that Bryce Harper was driving around doing DoorDash when he was playing football at Alabama. Uh, that'll never happen again. No, and it shouldn't. But we are out of time. I appreciate yours, and uh, we'll do this again next week. Have a good broadcast. Hey, you guys have a great show, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Will do. Mick Gillespie, he joins us weekly here on Big Noon Sports. We'll take a break, come back. Got a few other things we need to chat about, we need to get to. Stay tuned. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Hey, back on the show, Big News Sports, Matt and Justin. Hanging around for another half hour. Alabama working out on the practice fields. Everybody has gathered there at the Malmore practice facility. And uh, we'll get some some reports out of what's going on, but not much today. I, I think it's more of an organizational day, and, and they will work. They'll, they'll throw. They'll run some uh, patterns and plays and go over some schemes, especially since you got two no, two new coordinators. I mean, Kevin Steele and Tommy Reese are in, so they got to do uh, deal with this group of players for the very, very first time. Um, here's a story I wanted to just touch on for a second, Justin, is that um, Bruce Pearl has promoted his son, Steve Pearl, 
to associate head basketball coach. In fact, I believe he elevated his entire staff in some form or fashion, mainly through money. But it just it, it gives me cause for thought for just a second, Justin. It is uh, nepotism okay in a college football locker room? I've always wondered about that. I don't know. You would think so with what we've seen. I mean, this definitely isn't the first case of nepotism in college athletics uh, for Bruce Pearl. I, I mean, could they even face any real sort of consequence if, if it's no, all in the same program? I don't you know. I think it's fine. But, um, you know, some coaches, like when I was a kid, this doesn't happen anymore. All right. When I was a kid, um, coaches – the fathers wouldn't want to coach their sons because they wouldn't want to show favoritism. Now it's just the opposite. They do coach to show their son favoritism, and that's how you end up with the awkward wind-up of the kid pitching all the time. I won't go into any great detail, but I don't know. I just threw that out there. I'm sure it's uh, met with more success than it has failure, but um, sometimes bringing family into a locker room doesn't always work. So, We'll see. All right, you got another story that is, uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to continue to see, and that's gambling and football. Now, what's this one coming out of Denver? Yeah, it's coming out of Denver. It, it's funny enough connected kind of to the Ohio State, Ohio State, Iowa State um, gambling situation, which I believe we only touched on very faintly at the beginning of the show, um, where a player was betting on the games in Iowa State that he was playing with. And it, it seems as if one in, a former NFL player or current NFL player for the Broncos is facing prison time um, for doing essentially the same thing. Um, I've seemed to have lost my information here. <laughs> that always happens live. It never happens when you're in a break. Yeah, it, it, wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be fun. But it's a Broncos defensive lineman, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Iyoma... Uwazuriki. That's, that's good enough. <laughs> uh, facing up so, to two years in prison. So, what, what, how can he end up doing prison time? Yeah, I guess it. Uh, knowing and intentionally falsifying personal electronic sports wagering records by concealing his personal identity. That's uh, in quotes the accusation. I guess that he would face prison time for. Oh, seems like we might have lost Matt, but yeah. So, uh, and it's a similar situation with the Iowa State uh, player that was um, being tried for um, betting as well. We're going to try and get Matt back here in just a second. But basically placing bets on your own team, the games that you're playing in. And I don't know, is is it is it bad if, if you're betting for your team? Obviously it is if you're betting against them um, in some cases, which – We've seen in Alabama, personally, through the baseball team this year. Um, <laughs> it's interesting to see, though. He's already suspended by the NFL for this 32 bets that he's placed on the Broncos. And I guess the, the real accusation and, and criminality here is that he lied and falsified his identity through one of these betting apps, which... I've not used uh, a whole lot, and I know it's not legal in the state of Alabama, but from what I've seen, they take that pretty seriously. And and you can see he's going to face real consequences for it. I mean, it's something we're going to see a lot more of. And, of course, Alabama is, is no stranger, like I just mentioned, with um, the baseball team. 
being in, but uh, we should have Matt back. Is it Matt? Yeah, you got it. Can you, you hear got us? It. Uh, yeah, I hear everything. Everything's great. Just, uh, you know, not to get over the top on technical issues, but we just had a little Wi-Fi clean feed issue, but we're all back. Now, um, not sure when we lost contact. Um, last I remember is talking about the defensive lineman that could face up to two years. Yeah. Signs his last name. Uh, you know, usually they suspend you. Did you say he could do jail time? So, yeah, he's already suspended by the NFL, but apparently he's he's facing uh, two years in prison for um, for falsifying his and concealing records and his identity. So I guess that's kind of the seriousness that was tied in through through the app that he used to bet on. Um, but I mean, that's <laughs> two years in prison. It's that's no uh, that's no short amount of time. Well, you know, two years, though, is it's a victimless crime in many ways, unless I have missed something from the story. Um, but I would just figure, you know, major suspension. I mean, what did Calvin Ridley have to serve? Like a year? Yeah, he Calvin Ridley sat, had to sit out a whole year in the NFL. but And that was a, just the NFL suspension. Um, right. There was no legal matter there, but... Uh, well, this guy must have stepped on some toes or um, taken some money from some people. I, and I hate to speculate because I don't have a lot of information on the particular story. And it's also a little sensitive because I hate to throw the guy under the bus without knowing the number of the bus line. So <laughs> that's the way I'll uh, kind of leave that. And But it, it does bring a, a, a broader question here um, because – help me here, Justin. If an NFL player wants to bet on a baseball game, that's okay. I I, I believe so. I I think uh, they can bet on other sports. Yeah. Now, can Bryce Young bet on the Alabama Texas game? Ooh, that that seems a little. Mm, that's a tougher question. You know, with the money that these guys are making, it would. It just I don't think it behooves you to try and go ahead and gamble. I think you should be allowed uh, because the NFL makes a whole lot of money from the DraftKings of the world. Well, so, yeah, the NFL is facing a kind of conflict of interest because I think they're moving towards partnering with these betting companies, like you said, like DraftKings or um, FanDuel's another big one. But then they're also punishing their players for, for using these applications. So they're kind of you know, on a scale here of, well, do we take the money for partnering and advertising with betting companies or, you know, do we sit here and tell our players it's wrong and suspend them for seasons um, at a time? It's a very slippery slope and these guys are going to have to figure it out. Um, I, I don't, when you say app, what does that mean? There's, are the are is fan kings and duel whatever are they uh, i'm sorry i'm not very familiar with no yeah that's fine uh, a lot of them are done through uh like your cell phone like through your like just an application on your phone you can do them on computers i believe um of course alabama doesn't have legal sports betting yet but in a lot of these states like in in florida in nevada of course um and i guess maybe um 
in Denver, I'm assuming, uh, it's just like downloading an app on your phone. You put in like your credit card information and I, I don't know the, I guess, broadness of how detailed they get down to. Like, I don't think you put in your social security number, but that, that I, I'm not, I know that I'm yeah. not putting in my credit card information anyway. So I eliminate <laughs> myself just now. Oh, um, it makes it super easy. Out? Yeah. How do they find out? Somebody I, turn them in? That's what I'm assuming. And, and with the other Iowa State, uh, the current college athlete, they somehow found out that the account he was using um, was linked to him. So I, they must, uh, for the betting company's own sake, they, they cover themselves and, and make sure that they're not, you know, getting into anything that puts them in jeopardy or of their business or, you know, makes their business liable. Well. I always try and boil things down, but let's try and make it as simple as possible. If you play in that league, don't bet on that league. I mean, if you play for that team, don't bet for or anything. Just make that totally clear. And then if when the offseason comes around, you, you want to bet uh, on a hockey game, so be it. Um, my best advice, and I have given this freely to many and to, to my children is, you know, money's tough enough to make. When you want to gamble it away, I mean, I'll, I'll go sit at a blackjack table for a few hours. I love doing that. But don't ever bet more than you carry into the casino uh, or more than you can afford to lose on Boston College and North Carolina. Anyway. <laughs> Let me, um, let me write that down really quick. I'll I'll take those words to heart. <laughs> well, you don't seem like a guy that would do that anyway, and I, we've only really known each other for a while. But uh, do you do you like to go to casinos? I've never been to a casino. Um, I'd like to, and and I guess part of growing up, my dad made sure I knew how to play uh, Texas Hold'em and blackjack. So I'm I'm aware. Well, he's a real- <laughs> Guy. He's a military guy. He knows how to play yeah. yeah. Uh I think he got a kick out of teaching his kids how to play poker and then, you know, we'll use M and M's or something as chips and then beating all of us to take all of our M and M's. So Well, uh that probably helped you greater in life than you'll ever know. So people people get upside down, they get addicted and it can become a real problem. And I think now that gambling is totally associated with uh, a lot of these sports. I don't just can you know, used to be a long, long time ago, you couldn't advertise beer on a college game. Now, that was uh, when your dad was young. I think that's the case. Then they allowed that. And now, can you advertise fan duels on a college football game? I haven't noticed. I don't know. I feel like I've seen in the TV programs their commercials running with college football. Uh, I'll have to keep an eye out for it this season, though. Um, I, I, I wonder think if so. they're uh, if they can advertise in the Alabama football program. Well, we definitely know. Questions. Not knowing the answer. <laughs> yeah, we definitely know that they shouldn't advertise with the baseball program, or not yet, anyways. <laughs> well, and and you know, there's lesson learned. Um, just, you know, stay away from it. Uh, go play poker in your dorm room. Uh, how cool am I that? But, uh, betting on sports, 
as an athlete, I would consider just be a no-no and stay away from it. But don't bet in your own arena. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Hey, uh, we need to take our final break and uh, make way for Ryan there in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Discovered 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. More sunshine than clouds for your afternoon. Rain chances remain near zero today. Your forecast, partly cloudy skies, hot with a high near 94. Tonight, expect partly cloudy skies with a low of 73. Hot and humid tomorrow. Shower storms returning by afternoon. The daytime high near 93 degrees. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 94 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, welcome back. Thank you, Justin, backing up the show. Uh, suggested reading and looking at this particular art- article, and again, I'm going back to AL.com and Mark Inabet. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this or not. Uh, look it up as we talk here, Justin. It's a first. It's a picture of Derek Henry, uh, Tennessee Titans, you know, all pro running back, University of Alabama Heisman. You know the deal. Um, it's a shot of him jogging with his cute little girl. It's his daughter, and then somehow a reporter ended up asking their head coach, Mike Grable, how many five-year-olds. This is just funny. This is the end of the show. It's what we used to call kickers. But a uh, reporter ended up asking Brable uh, how many five-year-olds it would take to tackle Derrick Henry. Now, obviously, we're, it's just a question. He said a lot. And I actually tried to take the question a little bit further. Um, they talked about, <laughs> really, a legitimate number. What's the area? Is it a confined space? Let's say you got a 10-year wide space, he would say it'd probably take 35. Uh, and so then Brable said, okay, let's test it out only if you're one of the kids. So obviously they're not going to test this out. Somebody could get hurt. But I think he was also challenging the reporter to see if he could bring down Derrick Henry. But um, it does bring to mind the serious part of this. How good is he? And he and other running backs have been chatting back and forth through the NFL uh, about how underappreciated they are. I mean, look look at two. Uh, how about Josh Jacobs? I still don't think he's in the Raiders camp. And he's a franchise guy holding out because he doesn't want the tag. And it just made me look at running backs and then more so uh, with Derrick Henry because part of this article also indicates um, how much he does in the natural area for children's charity. And it's uh, popular with the kids, philanthropists, children's charities on the forefront. But um, this guy made a lot of noise at Alabama. He's made a lot of noise in the NFL. But just always appeared to me that Derrick Henry was one fine human being as well. Do you think 35 five-year-olds can do it, though, Matt? Do you think that's enough? I don't think so, and I want everybody listening to Big Gun Sports right now to know we are not serious, but just having a little <laughs> bit of fun. But if Derrick Henry's at full speed, 
uh, I think they just keep bouncing off of it. The answer may be that they can't. <laughs> I um, that's a, that's a good oh, guess. They, they take it takes three or four sometimes to get him down now, and it's also mentioned in this article. And we've seen him run from Alabama to the NFL. Uh, he has one of the most brutal stiff arms I've ever seen in football. Period. Any level. I mean, he he knocks people. He knocks their pins out and sends them flying. And not like he just does it every once in a while. He is incredibly strong. That must be some sight. You're you're a defensive player in the NFL, and you just see this monster of a human running at you. And not to mention, he's got like a piston, like you said, for a stiff arm that just shoves you away. I'd, I'd be terrified. I, I don't know if 35 of me could take down Derrick Henry uh, on a football field. Boy, he really takes his conditioning seriously, doesn't he? This picture, he's running in like heightened colored, uh, like a run suit, tight running suit. And this guy's cut everywhere from his dreadlocks to his cleats. Um, he, and you're right. Uh, God, think if you're a 190 pound quarter cornerback and that guy comes steamrolling at you. I mean, it's the train. Why not just get out of the way? <laughs> I think you it's might. almost like when the NBA players are about to get dunked on and they kind of step out of the way and they, they make a business dis- decision. I think I'd do the same thing. Huh. I'd, you know, Matador, take my my red flag and lift it up and let him run by so I don't get hurt. You know, I, I, I think if you could, if you had a decent angle, maybe it wouldn't be so overpowering. But if he just breaks off left tackle and you're the corner that comes up there, I mean, he would have ended a guy like Deion Sanders' career. Oh, definitely. Uh, and because Sanders not only didn't want to tackle and as a result he didn't know how uh i've seen him get caught in the spokes i remember him running over bo jackson just crashed him in an an auburn florida state game but if you had an angle on him maybe you could catch him on his side maybe get him off balance that'd be about my my shot but then again there's no angle because i could never catch him or get an angle on him he's he is truly the is he the best running back in the NFL? I think that's the the big question. And, and the only reason I think it's a question is because of his injury. And we don't know if he's back to 100% just yet. Or we, we might know that he is, but we don't know if he's going to return to form um, from the right before he got injured. Um, I would put my money on it. I think, I think Derrick Henry... Put him on any team, and he's maybe except for a few like the Chiefs or something. But you put him on any team, and he's easily the uh, the best player on the team. Well, I'm looking here for some NFL stats from last year to see if we can get some uh, comparable the offensive leaders uh, rushing. Uh, let's see, you got well Josh Jacobs last year led he he led the NFL in rushing. Um, Derrick Henry was right there behind him by uh, 100 and something yards. Nick Chubb, Cleveland, do you normally think of him of being one of the best running backs in the National Football League? Um, I don't know. Barkley sure would be. 
Yeah, I I think Nick Chubb is very good. He's also he's very similar to I remember him in Georgia at Georgia, and he's very similar to Derrick Henry in that he is just a downhill runner that is just like a bowling ball. Um, sticking with some running back news, though, I'm seeing now that it, it's expected that Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended to start this season. Um, he apparently met with uh, Roger Goodell earlier today to discuss some of the legal issues that he had from an incident in Las Vegas where I, I believe he assaulted somebody. Um, so it looks like he's going to miss some some actual playing time and at the start of the season where the Saints are going to be missing uh, their key running back. Well, I understand that they need to do that. Uh, it's just never a good look, but it keeps happening. Um, to me, uh, the NFL needs to address the issue, but it, it comes back to the person. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, haven't you seen this happen to other players and to other people and how they are penalized? Do you want to risk that by raising your hand? Uh, it, it's never a good look whether you're at a casino in Las Vegas or, you know, you're just inside your own home. But you just you just don't do it. And uh, he has that. And if you mention this, I apologize. Did they give the length of the suspension? They did not yet. It's uh, being reported here by Ian Rappaport and Dove Kleiman um, that he is expected to be suspended, but the length has exact length hasn't been released yet. Well, gee, what'd they do to Wright? A year? What'd they do to Adrian Peterson? A year? Um, yeah, I guess it could be that length. We could maybe see him miss the whole season, which would be a blow for Saints fans, but it's you have to look at the actions that you know resulted in in this outcome, and you can have nobody. I to should blame. know. Was there a, was was he arrested? I believe there were police involved, um, but I don't think he was arrested or um, like I don't think there was any serious um, jail time faced. It was on video, and I think that was mainly the NFL's problem was that it was captured on video and shared and very bad for their image. Well, the, uh, not the first time the video. Wasn't it Ray Rice, the one with the, in the elevator? Yeah, similar situation. Similar situation, I think. Oh. Um, yeah, the uh, video industry uh, has made it very, very difficult for people to get away with stuff like that. Good for them. I don't like the idea of somebody filming your entire life, but if you're going to do something dumb, you know, you got to pay the piper. Um, hey, Ira, many thanks to Watson Brown. Wonderful conversation. Likewise with Nick Gillespie. Lars should be back tomorrow, and Justin will as well. Uh, at Tide, Ryan Fowler's coming up. Our listeners in East Alabama, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back with more Big News Sports in 22 hours. Thanks for everything you've done the last couple of days, Justin. It's been really good. Of course. Thanks. Have a great rest of the day, uh, Matt, and, and everybody listening as well. Okay. Next time you're at the store.